Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we're exploring six different ways of creating new money habits. That's right, getting rid of perhaps some of the bad stuff and replacing it with things that may be uh, the sorts of habits and skills that get you to your financial destination. Plenty to take out of this and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitch Laurentiel. Thank you for having me on the show, Mr. Baxter, and something that I guess you and I probably can relate to on some levels, but not others, uh, that's the topic of bad habits. We've all got them, whether you bite your nails or spend too much money or maybe gamble on the weekend, uh, it all plays an important factor in our financial health leading, uh, leading on. So. What I want to get your take on today is six ways to rid ourselves of bad money habits this year in 2022. Gee, that's a good place to start, isn't it? And I think you know, the hardest thing with 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 changing behavior or breaking bad habits, if we put it that way, very hard to drop something. And I think it's a lot easier to replace something that's bad with something that's less bad for you. You know, classic one, you know, people want to stop smoking because it kills you. So they take up eating instead, which will still kill you, albeit in a slightly slower way. And so, you know, it's a slightly less bad habit, but it's a question of really weaning yourself away from that bad stuff and doing more of the good. So let's explore that in some detail. What, what would you consider to be some of the bad habits out there? Well, I mean, I think we, our game here is money and investing. Mm. So let's get quite specific on this because there's a myriad of bad habits in this world, as we know. Uh, what about spending and budgeting, in mm. your opinion? What are some of the, uh, I guess, signs that we see that people don't quite have grips on that just yet? Yeah, I mean, the obvious one, and we've talked about this extensively, is is spending more than you earn, uh, which then rolls into creating debt and particularly bad debt, uh, you know, buy now, pay later, big credit card debts, all of those sort of uh, dark clouds that can hang over your personal finances. And it's always interesting to explore why people overspend. What are you looking to um, fulfill yourself with by spending money? And you see typically this in online shopping, impulse purchases, in particular, are two classic examples of that, uh, where you know maybe someone is slightly dissatisfied with their life, uh, maybe their life doesn't quite look like the curated picture on Instagram, uh, and to make themselves feel better, that yeah, they hit the credit card and hit the online shops or buy now pay later to do it, and yeah, that's a, a way of wallpapering over you know some maybe deeper seated issues that you might have, and that they're issues that you need to fix if you want to get ahead financially, but I think they're also issues that you need to fix so you can be happy, and ultimately, yeah, life isn't about making money, life's about being happy. Totally. And the problem with my generation specifically to talk to that is social media because everyone's having this awesome life driving mm. a G-Wagon or wearing a Rolex or whatever it may be. And you mm. think, well, why don't I have that? Which is the temptation to you know, have a credit card and go to Louis Vuitton. And- I, I, I have to share a story with you at the weekend. I Please. was in my, my, my local coffee shop and, uh, and um, some Instagram person was getting a number of photos taken with one of my cars at the weekend and actually saw it come through on Instagram, how cool they're looking. It's like, it's my car. It's not yours. It's mine. I didn't get a photo with it. It's my car. I don't care. Um, but yeah, they were, and 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 that sort of uh, highlights the the bogus nature of the image that's actually created. I'm sure I'll see them again, and I'll uh, I'll let them uh, let them have it for not giving me uh, credit or copyright <laughs> for that, having earned the money to pay for the vehicle. But you know, nonetheless, it's it's a really good example where you know people are aspiring to things, but there's a difference between aspiring to things and sacrificing your future uh, by you know squandering the opportunity of the chips you've got in your hand now and wasting them on things that ultimately aren't going to give you long term gratitude. 
gratification anyway. And, you know, I think it's really been exasperated by these Finfluencers. So mm. people on TikTok, for mm. example, you know, living, living this, you know, lavish lifestyle saying buy this particular cryptocurrency or buy this mm. stock um, only to think that it's going to rise and then probably get dumped by them once they've mm. made their profits. What are your thoughts on the whole Finfluencer movement? Yeah, look, I mean, ASIC, our regulator, has started to sort of circle the wagons on that for financial services businesses to say, look, be very, very careful if you're using Finfluencers to uh, to shape your message uh, and to the community. And look, and I say this, and I'm very minded of the fact that, you know, people that are watching this are watching on social media. So to an extent, um, with Finfluencers too, I guess the difference is we're also licensed, qualified professionals that have spent their entire career uh, in this space, helping people get an outcome as opposed to someone that's um, just popped up from nowhere, that's got no real experience and is selling uh, selling a dream. So there really is a big difference um, in there. And it's quite hard for, for people to sift the, the wheat from the chaff in that space, I suppose. Um, and, and again, it goes back to that sort of urge that people have where they're chasing the wind. They want more from life. They don't really know what it is, but they want something and any road will take you nowhere. And you're quite right. You see the volume of stuff that's pumped out on crypto. I haven't seen anything for the last few weeks, given the billions that have been wiped off that. Um, but nonetheless, you know, when it's going well, you see all these people pop up and, you know, how how someone that was earning, you know, 12 cents a year working at a service station is now a billionaire on the back of their crypto investments. Click here to find out how. Um, you know, and, and they are selling a, an unlicensed, unregulated dream that people do buy into. And it's quite sad because, you know, the person that buys into that may have taken a small amount of money that they've worked hard to save. Uh, and, and all of a sudden it's it's gone because it's got sucked down the drain of, uh, of somebody else's business model. Totally. And and putting a, a ribbon around habits, I'm sure this resonates with, you know, at least one of these is going to resonate with some of our viewers out there. Mm. Spend too much, you don't budget, you gamble mm. too much, you use afterpay, or you focus too much on social media. Mm. Let's now transition AB into the meaty part of today's episode. Mm. What do you suggest? What are our six methods to get rid of those habits this year? Yeah. They don't necessarily sound like fun. And it's like anything, you know, getting up at five in the morning and going for a run doesn't sound like fun either, unless that's your thing. Um, but nonetheless, the outcome is, is worth the, the, the short-term pain or sacrifice. Uh, and number one, right off the bat, seeing as we're in the nuts and bolts of money, it's got to be budget. You have to have a budget in mind. Um, and, and budgets... People quite oftentimes will, will will steer away from it. Doesn't sound fun. It sounds punitive. You know the fun place of those stopping you do anything you want. Look, you can do anything if you want to go and have five hundred bucks on the horses at the weekend, and it's in your budget to do that. It, it, it's not a problem at all. It just needs to be accounted for, and that's the big difference. Uh, budgets aren't walls to imprison you. Um, they're guidelines to ensure that you stay on track for what you want, um, and, and and they can be very very useful for um, for for sort of. Um, an antidote, if you will, for impulsive purchasing and things like that. If I look in the financial planning space and our financial planning business, for example, um, you know, that's the first place to start with a lot of people because to, in order to qualify for a loan these days, um, the requirements are fairly stringent. You've just gone through this process yourself. Um, you know, what do you earn and what do you spend and what do you spend it on? And that whole notion of responsible lending comes down to how people then go about spending their money. Now, you might argue it's your money to spend, which is true, but if someone in good faith is lending to you, they want to make sure that you've got some reasonably solid uh, habits in there, good habits, that is, uh, and discipline in order to ensure that they get their loan paid back. So your budgeting is, is, is crucial. And it's also, it's actually really confronting if you sit down and, and do it, because it really shines a light on 
some of the things that you do that you go, holy smokes, I didn't realize that. So I'll give you one really stark statistic. The average American, $325 a year on subscriptions. It's a fair chunk. Just oh, a subscription. You know, you start to think, well, gee, that's a big number, but is it? Okay, let's go through some simple things. Netflix, Stan. YouTube. Apple Music, Peloton subscription. Spotify. And before you know it, you're starting, you know, we're not talking about satellite TV or anything like that. At, at this juncture right now, maybe you've got an online news service you subscribe to, a magazine or something like that. And you can see very quickly how, how, how that number starts to starts to ratchet up. And our listeners will be hearing, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I subscribe to that too. And I've got that as well. And, you know, it's actually not a bad place to start is to actually have a look at all those charges against your credit card and go, yeah, I don't actually use that. Get rid of it. And, and, and that's money that's not only not going out the door now, but is also sitting in the plus column from a budget perspective. So, you know, it, it's very, very good to do those sorts of things, um, you know, probably at least once a year. And we do it as a business. There are services that you subscribe to um, that were important at a point in time, uh, but you no longer use them. And so cut them. Simple as that. I guess that's a good point too. That budget has to be constantly adapting mm. as your lifestyle shifts. Yep. Um, you might be earning more money over time, but if you can keep that spending to a certain level, I remember my dad always said, mate, no matter how much you earn, try and keep your spending the same yep. and then the surplus you can keep and invest and save. Great yep. advice. Absolutely. And, uh, and similar advice to my dad gave me, you know, it's, uh, it, it is really interesting. They always said, like, doesn't matter how much you earn, you'll always find a way of spending it, which is so true. Oh, if only I earned a million bucks a year, I'd spend it. I'll be fine. You wouldn't. You'll spend it. You'll just have different cars. You'll de- drink different things. You'll eat at different places. You want different clothes. Live in a different house. Uh, have a different watch. Whatever it may be, all of those different things um, you'll chew through. So you've got to have a level of discipline there and keeping you on the prize. And ultimately, the purpose of a budget is to let you get what you want. And all the other things are just the distractions, if you will, that come along the way. The sort of pop-up ads in life, if you will, uh, that you need to click on and close so that you can keep on the journey to what you want. Couldn't agree more. And and to add to that, let's talk about. Point number two, um, I know you, you and I were speaking of this earlier today, so I hope, I hope you don't mind me throwing mm. this one in on your behalf, AB, is not chasing the wind. It's important to have colour in your life mm. and buy things that you want, but without going overboard and constantly looking for that next thing. Mm. It, it, by chasing the wind, I guess it's, it, it's trying to chase after the unattainable. Uh, and, and, and social media has a huge uh, role to play in this in terms of the the lie for one of the description that it portrays um and, and and as i say you know that incident of the weekend was just a, i wish i'd videoed it and then i'd upload it on onto 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 the dude's feed uh, and, it, and 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 it's just like what are you hoping to achieve with this um and and, and in the same way when you talk about investing um you know there's a young fellow I do a little bit of stuff with. He's uh, he's, a, he's a barista at, at that particular coffee shop, funny enough. And he's doing some crypto and I've given him a bit of training on trading in terms of you know, risk management and, and, and technical analysis to help him, which certainly has. And, and, and his goal is quite ambitious. It's a goal that he's capable of achieving. He's a smart kid. Um, but it's like, why do you want that? It's, well, I just don't want to work. Uh, and, and that's fair enough. If that's your goal in life, there's no problem with that. And I say he's a great kid and he does work. He works as a barista and, and, and so he's working. He's not sort of living uh, off the taxpayer, so to speak. You've got to have some level of purpose uh, and you've got to have some clarity on what that is. Otherwise, you'll chase after anything that prevents you from doing it. And we see it in our space. I mean, obviously, we, we teach people actually we don't teach people how to trade what we do is teach people how to make money from trading and they sound similar but they're actually worlds apart one is about making money one is about learning something 
And I like to talk to uh, new clients when I get the opportunity and say, what prompted you to want to do this? Why are you embarking on this journey? Because let's face it, trading is hard. Um, you know, it's not something that you get into on a whim. You, it's something that you want to do if you want to be successful at it. And you can often see, depending on their answer, yeah, typically how successful they're going to be is, oh, I hate my job, I just want to do something different. It's a really bad reason to get into trading. It's You've got to have a positive reason for wanting to do it. Oh, yeah, I want to get my money working harder. I want to learn how to reduce my risk. I'm fed up with my fund manager underperforming the market. Um, yeah, I, I want to broaden my knowledge so I can become self-sufficient. Whatever it may be, they're all positive reasons. Not uh, liking your job and just looking for an out is probably not a good reason. It may give you motivation, but it's not a great reason to learn to trade. Totally. Well, there's two off the bat. So budget, don't chase the wind. Mm. We've got four more to cover. AB, what's your third top? What's your third point? Look, I think you've got to have a game plan. You know, nothing in life happens by accident. You must have a game plan. And we've talked extensively at the start of each and every year about goal setting uh, and how important it is and the types of goals to set and the fact that you need to have uh, a level of emotional buy into that where it becomes a must. It's not a should, it's a must. And then a way to track that to stay on course, you have to have a game plan because without it, you're just gonna bounce from pillar to post. Um, from an investing perspective, that game plan may be, you know, um, your goal might be to buy a property, which you know is, is yours for the next couple of months. And I, I suspect that's something you might conclude sooner rather than later. Um, but there's been a game plan in play to achieve that. It's not you've got out of bed one day and gone, oh, I think I'll buy a property. There's been a process of saving, there's market research, finding a buyer's advocate, getting your finance sorted out. So you've had a definitive game plan in play so that when the right opportunity presents itself, opportunity is not random. Um, it's about preparedness coming together with the door being open. If the door's open and you're not prepared, you can't walk through it. If you've done the preparation work and the door's open, then you'll get through it. So you need to have a game plan. The harder you work, the luckier you get, right? Seems to be. Okay, so there's three. So budget, don't chase the wind, have a game plan. What have we got mm. for number four? Uh, eliminating bad debt is essential because as long as you have bad debt, it is a millstone around your house. So let's explore what bad debt is. Good debt is where you've bought an asset. And uh, and uh, so, for example, a property, um, or you've invested in your future learning, uh, or you've super, got all that super, all, uh, margin lending, uh, any of those types of products. And, and effectively, what you've done is bought an asset uh, and there's a debt associated with that. That's good debt because you've bought an asset. Bad debt is credit card debt where you've got a legacy of previous purchases, impulsive or otherwise, that you've had. Uh, maybe you've come out of a relationship and we've, I've had a couple of clients that have been in this space where uh, the partner has gone ballistic on the card uh, and, and left them with hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of, of bad debt. They've separated and it was their card and they're on the hook for it. Um, yeah, that's an example of bad debt. You know, that buying a, a, a car... Um, bad debt, do it on finance unless you can run it through your business. And always, you know, one of my good friends and uh, a really important early mentor to me, someone I spoke alongside a lot and, and, and also a fellow rugby enthusiast, Robert Kiyosaki. You know, Robert talks about it extensively in terms of the importance of good and bad debt and you have to eliminate bad debt. If you're servicing credit card debt, let's say you're paying the minimum each and every month, it's 800 bucks a month and you're chipping away at it, just get the thing paid off because as long as that's there, you're never going to be able to grow. You're also probably not going to be able to borrow in today's world either because most lenders, most banks, for example, will look at that bad debt and go, yeah, you've got legacy issues here where you struggle to manage your spending. Uh, we don't want to borrow that. We don't want to have um, you know, your problems bleeding across into our, our lending book. Um, buy now, pay later is, is a very, very good example of that. And I think you know, we've talked about that previously in part in several podcasts. 
by now, Paleda, the last three years has been the story, but I think it's done. I think the pin's gone in the balloon. It's popped not only in terms of the share price performance, which has been basically decimated, you know, after pays about half of what um, Block, uh, formerly Square, but Block Jack Dorsey's takeover bid was at. And I think it's the technology may be great, but that predatory lending, which effectively is what it is, has seen you know, significant financial hardship for a lot of younger people that oh, it's free money and yeah, nothing's free in life. Uh, and when you start to then realize that over those four easy payments, those four easy payments are getting more and more. I think you saw people buying drinks at the-, the Drink now, pay later, cocktails. Yeah, you yeah. can put, or any drink for that matter, you can put on Afterpay. Here we go. We might get you to get a round of coffees when we're done today and see how I we go. I never buy the rounds, you know. <laughs> That's true, we'll snitch Gibbsy up. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, 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 the reality is that impulsive, immediate gratification of that four easy payments, there's a price to pay down the line. So you've just got to eliminate that bad debt. You know, if you've got tax debt that's lurking around in the background, you know, one of the things the ATO, and it's very rare that you get to talk about the tax office in glowing terms, but one thing that they've been quite good at, I think for a lot of people through, uh, through the pandemic, is being much more open to having a conversation of, look, I'm struggling, can I get a payment plan in play? I need to spread it up, but get it paid off, whatever you need to do, because if that bad debt's chasing you around, it, it is a, um, it's a major distraction psychologically, and it's a heavy burden to carry around. Get it paid off, face up, man up, strap a set on, realize that you spent the money, you owe it, get it paid, and clean yourself up. Uh, and on that note, I won't share with the details of who the client was as a young fella, younger fella uh, from overseas, um, who uh, is a client of ours down in Melbourne. And he actually had drug debt from another country that's recently left the other country uh, and came here and actually went back and faced the music. And my respect for him, not having drug debt, that's a terrible thing and that doesn't paint someone in a particularly good light. But the fact that he was of a strong enough character and he'd been through quite a big journey of personal development, actually working with a, another partner company that we work with. They do some great work in, in, in personal growth. And he went back and faced the music. And that's a bit harder than going into the bank saying, look, I know you're 50 grand, can I bet this is like to some fairly hard-nosed characters saying, look, I stuffed up, I need a runner. What have I got to do to square this off? And whatever that thing is, it's chasing you around. And I caught up with him on his return. He did make it back uh, on his return. And he said, it's the best thing he ever did. Yes, it's cost him a lot of money, but he said, I've got my life now uh, uh, and I've got my life back without that distraction. That's an extreme example. That's probably a bit harsher than buy now, pay later, although that's technically, I think, what he did. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a very extreme example, but it was really liberating to see how he's gone on and he's now moved into some good things and he's kicking some really big goals. Huge awesome. Thing. It's not just about your money, it's about your conscience as well. Mm. So get rid of consumer debt. Yeah. Nice one. Point number five, AB, mm. what do we got? Keeping an eye on things and, and checking in, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, we've just gone through the new year cycle and people talk about, you know, new year's resolutions and all, oh, how do we go this year or end of financial year doing a review. I think, you know, one of the things that we expose within the money and investing planning system that we, we have, moneyandinvesting.com.au, um, you'll see our planners in there, um, is very, very important. And that's something called a money date. And we talk about every month having a date with your money. It doesn't sound uh, particularly uh, personable. There's a couple of sacks of swag on the table and you're having a glass of wine talking to your money. Don't mean like that, but actually sitting down and reviewing how you've gone each month toward those financial goals. Because monthly is probably the right frequency with which to look at it. There's enough movement in markets. Uh, you can do that daily at the moment, I suppose. But yeah, monthly there's enough movement and there are things to look at to see how you're progressing. And if you're in a relationship, um, you know, have your partner involved with that too to say, hey, look, this 
this is what we've done or this is where we've got to uh, this month and, and, and make it fun because the more fun something is, uh, the better. Go out for dinner, put it on your buy now, pay later and <laughs> spread it over four break partners. all of the rules break on your money day. Well, if I was a single guy, I'd be hoping for more than one day a month, but we can start with that. <laughs> I'm sure you do better than that. But uh, yeah, the reality is, um, you know, keep an eye on things, do regular reviews because you know, rather like being lost, if, you, if you've taken a wrong turn and you just do a U-turn, you're back in the right spot. But if you took a wrong turn an hour ago and you've been continue on in the car, you're properly lost. Same with your money. You know, each and every month, check you're on track. And if you're not, take that corrective action early on. Uh, and that corrective action only needs to be minor at that stage. Whereas if you live it a year, five years, 10 years, or just live in denial for 20, 30 years, you know, it's a Herculean task to turn around. It's not going to happen. Great one. Mm. And last one, number six, what have you got? Don't create obstacles. You know, okay. I couldn't do that. I've always been bad with money. I don't know where to start. I don't have time. Stories. Why should I bother? Yeah, and people do live in stories. And uh, and harsh as this may well come across, um, you know, stories are softness effectively, and they will justify for why you don't have something in life. They're excuses. And you can make money or you can make excuses, but you can have both. And I think, you know, it's very, very easy um, to create obstacles. Look, I'd love to do that, but... Uh, and okay, so when anyone uses but in a sentence, what it basically means is ignore everything I've just said previous to the use of the word but. Oh, I'd love to have all that. No, you wouldn't. I can't have it. I'd love to have that, but I can't have it because I'm, I, 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 I don't know anything about financial markets. Okay, so the actual story is you know nothing about financial markets. If you wanted the stuff before the but, you could learn that. And in this day and age, we're in the information giga highway in terms of the volume of information that's out there <laughs> just pick and choose your influencer that you're going to follow that you know there's there's so much information that that's freely available there's so much information that's freemium there's so much information out there that's premium and, and uh, you can pick up books there's youtube there are courses like we uh provide and everything in between to give you the necessary skills to do virtually anything in life uh, and it could be from the most obscure uh, to the most focused, depending on you know, what it is you're looking to achieve. But if you live in that, I just used the word, but didn't I? Um, if, you, if you're living in that story, oh, I couldn't have that, I could never do that. Uh, I've always been bad with money. Oh, I've never been, really been able to save. I've always spent more than I've earned. Uh, I like new stuff. Yeah, that, that's just a story you're telling yourself as to why you can't have that. If you can change that in a heartbeat if you've got a strong enough focus on wanting more. And look, if you, if you want impulsive purchases uh, and a financially stressed life, and, and, and one where um, you know you, you don't have a future financially set up for retirement, that's an easy choice too. Just keep doing maybe what you're doing if you're on that pathway. If you're ready for a change and you want a different outcome, you know if you want something different, you have to do different things and you've got to do them in different ways. I've never been able to save. Well, start. Good advice. There you go. It's, it's, it's as easy as that. Do you know how you do that? Go and get an empty jam jar and put your change in there. If you're old school and you use money, or if you're on a credit card, um, use the things like Acorn or, or some of the technology these days, the micro saving facilities that are there. If you're more structured than that and you've got an online bank account and you can work out how to log online, which is just about everyone on the planet now, have an auto debit every week when your pay goes in to take 30 or 50 or 100 bucks or whatever the number is and put it in an offset account that's a savings account. It's not hard. Anything hard is breaking the habit of telling yourself why you can't do that. And that just requires a level, I believe, of um, honesty with yourself. You know, the truth always will set you free. And if you have an honest and frank conversation with yourself, do you want to change? 
And if you don't, that's okay. Don't. This isn't about changing who you are. It's trying to help you be the best version of you. That's all. And if you're happy with where you're at and what you've got, that's great. Don't change a thing. But if you want things to change, if you need things to change, if you've had a guts full of uh, more month for money and you're, you know, you've gone from eating out Uber Eats or whatever it may be, there's another one get rid of as a habit. Um, you know, Uber Eats three or four times a week to the end of the month, it's, you know, you know five minute noodles or whatever it may be. Um, if you're fed up with living like that, then it's time to do something about it. So loop back, look at our goal setting video or podcast one, series one, podcast one, series two, podcast one, series three. Go back through those and look at the game plan to be laid out if you want to change. And it's easier than you would think. It just requires a commitment. And commitment is a very, very easy word to throw around, but it's a very, very hard word to live with. As one of my good friends once said, just do it. Best advice possible. Good marketing slogan. I reckon we could set up a sneaker company and, and create a marketing slogan. Should we have it like as that? orange and name Nike? Sounds like a plan. Well, there's six, AB, getting off track there. <laughs> and can I put you on the spot here for a seventh, a bonus tip to rid ourselves of money habits or bad money habits this year? I think gamify this would be making things fun uh, is a good thing. And I, I guess this is probably... One of the biggest learning points that I've had as a parent, you know, I've got five kids, my eldest is seven, and with a house full of small young kids, watching them grow up is is an incredible thing. And and getting their involvement in stuff is probably the biggest challenge because as a as a as a as an adult, most of the time, uh, as a professional, um, you know, as an industry leader, you know, we see things through quite serious lenses, and it's just you can learn this as a process, and it's very dry and very binary. And I think my biggest learning point as a parent has been the journey into making the mundane exciting. You know, and we've done this on so many different things. Like we've got a couple of dogs. One of them's a Great Dane. So when she has a poo in the garden, um, you know, it's 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 quite a substantial episode. How many so, people does it take to pick up that? Well, luckily, um, usually that sits on my shoulders at the moment. That's not something <laughs> I've managed to outsource to my kids yet. But uh, yeah, the reality is, we've got a game. We call it Poo Patrol. Instead of Paw Patrol, it's Poo Patrol. They go out there, oh, there, Daddy, there, Daddy, and it's the most unpleasant, mundane task. You make it fun. Budgeting or getting yourself back on track financially. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, your finances might look a big pile of dog poo at the moment too, but it's just a choice whether you leave it there festering or whether you get it cleaned up and have a nice looking yard. Same thing with your money. So, you know, setting the intention and taking um, that process of if it's budgeting and making it fun so that there's a reward at the end of the day or you can gamify it in some way to keep your enthusiasm there um, is key. And we focus massively on that with, our, as I say, the money and investing planning system is not a bunch of dry goals, not a bunch of uh, really sterile steps but bringing this into a real life context so that you can do this every day and enjoy doing it as just as much as you get to enjoy the reward at the end because you know as your good friend the philosopher alan watt says life is not a destination it is a journey all the way through and each and every bit of it needs to be enjoyed rather like listening to music is not the end of the music it's the whole piece that's exciting and needs to be fun and in the same way you know this journey to winning the game of money or winning the game of life winning the game of happiness whatever it may be in the circumstance or the the the, the parameters that you want to define it if you can make it enjoyable so every day it becomes a fun game you versus you or you versus the game plan that you've got and you enjoy it by the time you start to kick goals and it's on autopilot, you just be having an absolute blast. And that may sound a little canned and you go, oh, that's some sort of theory you might have read somewhere in a personal development uh, book or a fortune cookie or something like that. It's a game I've played for years. 
Uh, and I've been very, very fortunate in my life. I haven't had to think about or worry about money for a very, very long time, only because I did the work early on. And you can become very blasé and complacent with that. And I went through phases, as I've talked about previously, where I spent a lot of money. I didn't spend more than I should because I could afford it. But nonetheless, I spent a lot of money on different things, immediate gratification, having fun. And I reframed all of that again with a very good buddy of mine. And I've told you this story before about the no spend game. Anything over 200 bucks, got to check in with each other. He's running a multi-million dollar business. I am. You spend on what you want. But you check in, oh, man, I'm going to think about buying this a couple of hours. Just leave it and have a think about it. And that tip about spending is so strong. If you're thinking of buying something, just have a think about it for five minutes. And you almost in that five minute period of time go, actually, I don't really need it. Don't worry about it. And then all of a sudden, it's gone from going out the door to being in the savings column. It was going to go anyway. You allocated it to spending, so whack it across to your savings account. It's done. And that game that you play with yourself like that becomes, especially if you're a competitive person. You know, I'm, obviously, I'm not competitive, but if I were, um, sure, <laughs> you 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 kind of. Um, you then are competing with yourself. Uh, and, and that's where you really start to get some crazy momentum. And I know that sounds really odd uh, and, and quite strange, but it's such a powerful way of playing that game. AB, I think that example there ties in a lot of those pieces of advice that you've given. We've talked for uh, a number of minutes over our allotted time here today. I think that's an awesome way to finish. So thanks very much for your for your insight today. Absolute pleasure, Mitch, anytime. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating so we can get this message out to more people and we'll look forward to hosting you next week.